1: It's my distinct pleasure to present to you
2: Joe Ostrowski.
1: Knights on 670 the score. Snap Trubisky with time. Trubisky, going deep, down the middle of the field, and it's gonna be intercepted in the end zone. He overthrows Mooney. You have two weeks to prepare for Green Bay. This is what you came out with. You want to blame the defense? How about how about you being accountable for everything the last
2: two years? What have you done? You can't even make a game plan, dude. Serious Trubisky with time going deep in a triangle of trouble Intercepted, Intended for Miller. It's intercepted by Savage. They're going to say he's down with a football. His second interception. And that's where you're downfall and for Maggie and Pace. Especially Pace. You made that choice. You're going to ride into
0: it. And you're going to be gone, dude. That's the final line. I don't care what anybody says. Oh. I know we hear a lot of things about us being the worst five one team. Oh. And, you know, this and that. But I think that it's just an opportunity for us to go oh. out there and show um, that, you know, we belong where we are. And- Joe Ostrowski.
1: We couldn't live without Joe Ostrowski. Night 6-3. 10. That being said, I hate Joe Strowski. On 670, the score. So what are they doing? Joe, what are they doing?
3: Ed, mission man. Joe Strowski here. 670, the score with you for the next two hours. You want to hear more of those Bears highlights? Lowlights? Whatever? 8 o'clock. Be here. Bears replay. And I'll be going upstairs to have dinner. I'm here for the next couple of hours A lot to get into. Uh, Jordan Malley, the executive producer this evening. The story of the day, what's happening with the local teams, of course. And uh, we'll break that down in a minute. Now, first off, I am just all out of sorts for many, many different reasons. Uh, I I ran upstairs to say hi to the kids before going down for the show for the next couple of hours. And they just walked in the door from CCD. And I'm handed the, uh, I guess it's a wheel, Of the Ten Commandments, which was colored. And, you know, you spin the wheel. Okay, here's commandment number three. Here's commandment number four. I guess guess that's what they're learning right now. My son hands me... I guess it was my daughter's, based on the coloring. Yeah, it has her name on the back. He hands me the wheel of Ten Commandments that he had in his hand. And I take a look at it. And all he says is, it says do, not don't. And he has the wheel pointed at The commandment that says, don't murder. (laughs) You have a good night. I'm going downstairs. I think we have a lot to think about. We have a lot to worry about. And I sit here and bitch about Ryan Pace being a big issue. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. It says do, not don't. Maybe a poor decision on us to finally give in and say that you can play Fortnite with your friends. Maybe we'll have to revisit that at 8 o'clock when I go upstairs. Welcome on in. Uh, If you want to call or text, the phone lines are open, 312-644-6767. It's the same number, and it is a BetQL score listener line, 312-644-6767. It is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. I am all out of sorts, so it, it feels like it's been dark for a couple of hours. I don't know if that's completely accurate since I've been in the basement most of the day, but I believe it's been dark for a couple of hours. I just finished watching an NFL game. I, I guess this is what the grober feels like. It, I'm just way out of it, and it was a terrible game, and of course I watched it, and of course I bet on it, and I... Ended up a little ahead because of the Gus Edwards touchdown prop, which was plus 200, which it talked about today on BetSwitch which is why you should listen to that Monday through Fridays, 9 to 11 a.m. live on the Radio.com app. If you can't listen live, make sure you download the podcast and check that out. But I'm still trying to figure out why this game was played in the afternoon. What are we doing? The NFL doing everything they can to avoid uh, slotting in that Week 18 right now as we wrap up Week number 12 heading into number 13 I think the NFL knows that they're going to have to pull that trigger at some point, but they don't want to do it now with so much football left. That's my only guess, because they move heaven and earth for this game. They got two more positive tests yesterday, and they didn't care. They were still going to play this game. It was You see the national reporters this afternoon, early on, saying, all right, game's good. They're going in. They're adding people to the COVID list today, and they're playing football. And there's Roger Goodell talking at halftime with Mike Tirico. Mike, like, yeah, haven't heard, heard from you in a few months. When's the last time you heard or, or saw Roger Goodell? Was at the draft? My goodness. When he was in his uh, basement, one of his probably 20 basements that he has. I, I don't know why they were playing, but in the Pittsburgh area, you see it all dark around the game throughout the second half. It's just, I'm all out of it, man. And then we find out today, Elmora expected... Kyle Schwarber, he's not going to be with the Cubs. I don't care what Rick Hahn says to the media. Carlos Rodon is not going to be here any longer. It's strange. Take a look at that 2014 draft. Um, I said last night that the decision, (laughs) I'm still annoyed that the football game wasn't on at night for some reason. Maybe I'm offended that they decided the lighting of the Christmas trees at Rockefeller Center for hours and hours was a better programming choice. I assumed that there's an, there are multiple executives at NBC. And they figured, okay, look what history tells us. Our data shows that we have more ratings. This is going to generate more revenue. This is a good business decision to stick with this. We started to promote it for a couple of days. But the more and more I thought about it. I'm sure it's just someone in New York saying, we do this every year, we're doing it. The NFL keeps moving times, they can't get their stuff together. Forget it, they might end up moving it again. So what they chose over Pittsburgh-Baltimore, one of the best rivalries in the NFL. It wasn't great football, believe me, I watched too much of it. Ardry 3 was out there. Trace What is his name, Trace McSorley's out there for multiple plays. 88th annual Christmas at Rockefeller Center. The annual tree lighting ceremony in New York features performances from Dolly Parton, Megan Trainer, Kelly Clarkson, Brett Eldridge, Tori Kelly. I don't know who Tori Kelly is. The Goo Goo Dolls, they're still around? Man, they were big when I was in high school. Leslie Odom Jr., Dan and Shay, the <gasps> cast of Ain't Too Proud, and the Rock- Radio City Rockettes. That's a two-hour program from 9 to 10 locally. They've got the Christmas Spectacular starring the Radio City Rockettes. The world-famous Rockettes performing their celebrated show that has become a staple of the holiday season at the iconic Rockefeller Center venue. I can't believe more people are watching this. Every week we get reports on the TV ratings for the NFL, and they seem to be the only sport here that isn't hurting right now. People are laughing at the NBA in the postseason. Their playoffs, same thing uh, with the NHL. Well, yeah, they're playing in the middle of the day, many of them. Of course, the ratings are going to be down. People, have, people are working. People are homeschooling. But I, I'm still just confounded by this decision by NBC. I can't believe it. And I'm sure those, the ratings for this game were terrible. But hey, it was RG3. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Oh, Lamar Jackson's not going to play? Yeah, let's uh, let's play in the afternoon. We'll cut off Kelly Clarkson after a half hour. We'll go right to that game, and then uh, make sure that if they go to overtime, we can show the entire thing, the the Rockets and all that. But I just don't know anybody who's ever watched it. We were talking about it today on bets with with my partner Ross Tucker. It's like they couldn't show it at halftime. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyways, that's my day so far. How you doing? 312-644-6767 uh, 6, 67, 67 if you want to jump in. Uh, Jordan Malley, my executive producer. I didn't talk about this last night because I knew Jordan was going to be here tonight. Uh, let's rewind to Monday evening. Unreal, man. Unbelievable. So there's, there's this text thread that's going on, and it's usually how I figure out to place my NBA bets or prop bets, because Jordan Malley and Rick Camp are pretty good at it, more so Jordan Malley. And on Monday at 10.23 p.m., I get this text from Jordan. It says, need Rodgers touchdown for a 1,000. Not Aaron Rodgers. Remember, that was Sunday night. He's talking about Richard Rodgers. Final moments of the game. There's a minute left. They're starting the drive. I believe that's when he sent that text. There's a minute left, and I'm like, oh yeah, great. Only Richard Rogers, the biggest long shot in the entire 10-day 10, $10 parlay. It's a $10 parlay, and he sold himself short here. It's not just a thousand, it's for over eleven 1, hundred. I look down on the phone and I see this text, and honestly, I just roll my eyes. Carson Wentz can't complete a pass to save his life. He is completely broken. And then I look up at the TV, and then I see this.
1: That goes Wentz one more time. He is firing it high and into the end zone, and it is batted around, and... But for a touchdown by Dallas Goddard. A Hail Mary with 12 seconds left. It was batted around and Dallas Goddard came down with it, but the big but is 12 seconds left. So it's only cosmetic. So it's Travis Fogum is the guy that goes up and he gets his hands on the ball, but then it's Richard No, it's Rogers. Richard Rogers. It's Not Goddard. It's Richard <laughs> Rogers Richard comes up with it. Comes, uh, un- that comes up under the football for the touchdown. Just our luck. No, it's Richard Rogers. <laughs> Joe, do you understand? Like, no, not... Do you
3: understand? I the wish panic? it was Goddard. I would have won more money if it was Goddard. Yeah, go ahead, Jordan.
2: Do you understand the panic? I would panic attack. I would have had if I would have heard that call. For about 15 seconds, as opposed (laughs) to the Westwood one call or watching it on TV. Because, again, I was here at work, so the radio broadcast is slightly ahead of the TV broadcast. So I'm sitting here, Mm -hmm. and the Westwood they're, like, not announcing who just caught the touchdown for, like, 7, 10 seconds. (laughs) So I'm like, who caught it? Unbelievable moment, though. Never? I never have these moments. I'm on a good
3: run right now. But you are unbelievable at this. I don't have a ton of experience. I don't do a lot of these same-game parlays that you do. But this is not the first time in the last couple of months that you've cleared over four figures on a $10 parlay in one game, though. You've got a talent, man. And I respect you because if I were you and I hit a ticket like that, I'm stepping my game up, but you're just sticking with your ten dollars parlays, and you keep hitting thousand here, thousand there. It's unreal, man. Congrats!
2: That is the biggest mistake you can make if you're like if you're somebody who loves these oh, parlays, yeah. is like all of a sudden get cocky and realize like my mindset since day one, since the NBA came back from the bubble and I started to get into this a little bit, was I'm going to lose money the majority of the days. I understand that. If it's small money though, and there's that one big hit every, even if it's every month it still covers a lot of those bets. And the thing that I picked up too pretty quickly is like a couple of your favorites. Yeah. Make sure you take those on the side so you can cover some of your losses. Uh, But yeah, like things like that happening Mm. in the NFL. I mean, that happened on week two for me too, in the final drive with the, with the Patriots again, the Seahawks part of it too.
3: So you threw six things in here. It was Seattle money line, which we all felt was definitely going to happen. Seahawks were going to win that Uh, Chris Carson touchdown. That makes sense. And we discussed that too. Okay, you have the heavy favorite. He's coming back. You expect Carson to get much of the workload, and that's exactly what happened. And he scored a touchdown early on with a great run. Dallas Goddard over 40 and a half receiving yards. I told you to play that. I was big on that. He was targeted all night. Uh, Eagles trailing a lot. Passing. Well, what are they not going to do? They're probably not going to run the football. So you go, Miles Sanders under. This is all correlated. All very smart. And I'm sure what really kicked up the odds, you have the Richard Rodgers over 17 and a half. Obviously, that hit on that last play. But the Richard Rodgers anytime touchdown was the long shot. And then it hits with 12 seconds left on a Hail Mary. Unreal, man.
2: Unreal. It it, it really was. And, like, the thing was is when I sent that text, it was just the TD. Because I know you guys were talking on BetSweats, too, that maybe it would have pushed Rodgers' yards, completion yards, over... And it he was already ju- had it. Yes, he already had it. He had been at I think 28 yards, and it was 17 and a half over under.
3: The second tight end, and that's what you needed, and that's what you got on a Hail Mary. I
2: have to give you a lot of credit though, because as we were going through it, and I asked you about Boston Scott, I'm like him and Bo- Richard Rogers, Boston Scott were two- both at plus 550. I'm like, which one of those guys Uh-oh. is still going to be incorporated in the offense? If that's if if that's to happen, I got to pick the right guy. Which one is it? I just had this feeling, and you know, when you have, the, it's weird. When, if you don't bet, you have this gut feeling, and sometimes you go with the gut feeling, and it pays off. That was me, and that was my case last night, but you telling me that there was going to be a lot of tight end play between Rodgers and Goddard, I figured, okay, I've got a little on a different parlay well, on Goddard, so I, I'll take Rodgers here.
3: Well, part of that is I was thinking if they make the switch at quarterback, which they did, like for a play or two. <laughs> but if they do make that switch, which was the buzz going into the game, even if Hertz is out there, he'll probably go to the tight ends. He'll probably throw to the running backs. Hasn't he was getting a lot of snaps in practice reportedly, but not a lot of time in games. So I figured, okay, they'll dink and dunk if Hertz gets a lot of playing time. But it worked with the Goddard play, anyways. Um, I agree with you, so I should get half on this one <laughs> hundred eighteen to one parlay. I, I agree. I told I I I told you to play like at least half the stuff. So no, congrats, man. That that was that's awesome. I Rick said he was on the show last night producing, and he said he was screaming in his in his apartment, and I had the complete opposite reaction. <laughs> looked at the phone, looked at the TV, and I just shook my head. I said, you've got to be bleeping the kidding me. The best part is, Rick just says nice. I was just,
2: he says yeah, nice all he said was nice. And I'm like, he okay. Said he said it was
3: too loud. He said he made, made a, no- a noise. I don't know what kind of a noise he made, <laughs> but he, it was probably too loud, and he thinks his neighbors heard him. That's what he said. I, yeah, just, well, I I can't even nice, believe it, man. Did he
2: say interesting? <laughs> yeah, the nice was funny because I was like, okay, if this hits, this is going to be even more incredible, and just to, again, the radio broadcast had it before I had even seen it on TV, so I'm, I'm just listening mm. to Kevin Harlan ask, uh, I, uh, tossed up in the air, and then it's Rodgers came down with it, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm like, please say he actually caught it because I didn't see it yet, so, and then to see him one-handed grab that was even, made it even more insane.
3: You have a talent. What you should do is, I'm not going to say sell because I, I wouldn't want anybody to be a tout. You shouldn't pay for any kind of picks. But after you get yours locked in, tweet it out, man, <laughs> because you get even more recognition then. I, would, I never get that lucky. But, you know, I say that. I've had my lucky wins. Actually, about a half hour ago, um, I was talking today on the show about Snell over rushing yards. It literally happened on the Steelers' last offensive play. So that was a little lucky. Uh, They they go to the run game late, and Snell ends up getting over. But we don't remember the lucky ones. You will. You will with that one, because you also hit one with Anthony Davis. It was a late three, right?
2: Yes. Uh, no, no, no. That was Rick at 80. He, he, I think, had it at 86 to 1. But me and him hit both parlays in that same game in a matter of 40 seconds. His was on an AD3 with less than a minute to go. Mine was on a Contagious Caldwell Pope meaningless rebound oh, to just that's right. seal the game with 23 seconds left <laughs> to push it over. And Joe, now that I think about it, going back to the NBA playoffs real quick. I hit it on another parlay that was forty-five to one with the Raptors on an OG and Anobi three at the end. Remember his game-winning three in overtime against the Celtics. I think it was the Celtics or the Bucks, and he had a game-winning three, and that had pushed a parlay over back in August.
3: How many shifts at the score do you need to work to make that much money?
2: <laughs> oh man,
3: <laughs> that's a good amount. A good, a good amount. Good amount. So. So congrats to Jordan Malley. I, that was a, a great sweat, great moment in uh, sports betting history for you right there. Uh, quite enjoyable. Joe Ostrowski with you. 312-644-6767. So the deadline was 7 o'clock. It, uh, it sounds like it's almost official. It's been reported everywhere. So the Cubs and Sox make some waves today. And the White Sox news was 100% expected, I think, some, if not the majority, are surprised by what happened with the Cubs, and the uh, the Cubs have non-tendered. Or they're going to Kyle Schwarber, Albert Almora. It'll be official at seven o'clock. That's when the deadline is. And for the White Sox, same deal: Carlos Rodon and Mazzara. So you can't help but think about the 2014 MLB draft. Back to back, Rodon and Schwarber at three and four. And I was looking at that draft today, and it is fascinating, really fascinating there to see how 2014, and here we are in 2020, and it looks like they're both going to be leaving their respective teams. And and then I start to look over the entire draft, and there are four players that are all-stars. And the hundreds of players that were drafted. And I know it's hard to get up to this level that quickly and establish yourself as an all-star, because there's some good players that were also taken in that draft, like Trey Turner Jack Flaherty. And actually, Michael Kopech was taking the compensatory round at 33 overall. But it just shows you how hard it is to hit. I mean, right now, six years later, four all-stars in that entire draft. Uh, on the Kyle Schwarber side, couple of uh, big picture stuff. It's a reminder why Theo's gone now. And many believed, okay, maybe he's going to stick around for one more year. That's 10 years. Then he's going to go. And then he's going to pass the torch over to Jed Jed Hoyer. But um, no, that's not the case. And it makes a lot of sense. If Theo Epstein is still there and he's making this decision today, uh, I would be considering, well, why is he making this decision? Why is he still here? He's not going to be here in the future. Let the next guy make that call. So remind you of that. And the question that the Cubs will need to answer to fans and media is what are they going to do with the money? That's eight million dollars for Schwarber. Are you going to reinvest it in the team? Are you going to put that elsewhere? Because Schwarber's replaceable right now. Especially based on what he's what he did in those 60 games. In the twenty twenty season. What it what also is pretty interesting is they did take that small sample size and with no fans there. And they are they are take have some takeaways from it too. But are they just banking that money because they've lost so much recently? Or are they gonna reinvest it in the team? Twenty twenty Schwarber in fifty nine games hit eleven homers put that over 162, 155, whatever he would have played, if healthy, okay, now you're into the 20s. That's not good enough for him. Not for the role that he plays. He was a 0.4 F4 guy last year. And uh, the upcoming baseball season, he's going to be 28. Now they always say prime 26, 27. Now he's 28. And... Many Cubs fans hoped that, okay, now he's uh, coming into his own. Breakout season in 2019, 30 homers, dominated the second half of that year with an OPS of 997. And so was it more about what he did not do in the 2020 season? Or, well, we can't bring back all of these guys. Maybe we can hand out one of these big contracts. Maybe. Maybe. And some guys we can trade. Chris Bryant, you'll be tendered a contract because we're going to we plan on trading you, I think. So you still have value to us. Or is it, hey, the, the other reason they non tendered him is because Kyle Schwarber doesn't have value right now in the league. Is that the case? A lot of issues. A lot of questions we don't have answers to. And also considering 2016, another reminder... That was a long time ago in baseball terms, a long time ago. And if you put yourself there, as excited as you were about that championship and the drought finally ending as a Cubs fan, the other part of that, the other layer to that was, whoa, the championship window just opened up and look what we have All these guys under control for such a long period of time. Just thinking about it got you so excited. And now we're in 2020, and there goes Schwarber. And many expect Chris Bryant to be traded. He's under control for only one more year. Javier Baez under control for one season. Contreras two years. Hendricks three. Hayward three. Uh, Rizzo one more year. We've got now uh, two more guys gone. From the World Series roster. How many are going to be here for 2021? How many? You want to jump in 312 644 6767. Uh, a few more things I want to talk about with the Cubs issues and also what the White Sox did and why they did it. That is next. Joe Ostrowski with you. This is 670, the score in the radio.com app. Caught
1: for a touchdown by Dallas Goddard Uh, wrong A Hail Mary with 12 seconds left It was batted around and Dallas Goddard came down with it That's not his name
3: This is Sports Radio 670 The Score And 670thescore.com
0: Chicago Sports Station
1: And Schwarber sends one high and deep Way back And this ball is long gone Mercy What in the world Over the scoreboard, on to Sheffield, it goes. Schwarber with a booming home run, and the Cubs have a 6-4 lead. Mm -hmm.
3: Kyle Schwarber, the Cubs 2014, first-round draft pick. Carlos Rodon, the White Sox 2014, first-round draft pick. They go back-to-back in the draft, both non-tendered contracts. For the 2021 season. Joe Ostrowski with you. Sports Radio 670. The score. I was just going over some of the players from the 2016 World Series roster. How many of them are actually going to be here at the start of the year. And I would guess that the list is going to be five. Now we're down to five players left. We expect to see Rizzo. Hayward, Hendricks, Contreras, and Baez. Now Noah Almora, no Schwarber, maybe no Bryant, and no Lester. How quickly things change when the chatter was championship window wide open, these guys are going to be together through 2022. 2023 at least before tough decisions are made. Nuh-uh. That is not the case. And if the Schwerber move is all about the dollars, well, how much are they willing to slash? Because when you look at these contracts moving forward, how many guys are even signed up for 2022? There's not a lot. Not a lot of guys. So what are they going to do? Are they going to tear this down all the way? Uh, players under contract for 2022. It's Hayward, Darvish, and Hendricks. That's it. So based on the amount of money the Cubs are telling you, even though it's the Ricketts family, they're telling you that they've lost? Would a teardown surprise you? That they'll have no interest in doing that again and then leaving in a year, or starting to do it again? in the... Five-year run of first-round draft picks. I mean, this is part of the reason they've cha- made changes, so many changes, kind of restructuring the front office. Over the last couple of years, Is look look there. Look at that failure. The four years of Elmora, Bryant, Schwarber, Happ. We all thought they were going to be that core for, I don't know, maybe close to a decade. I mean, that's part of the elation of a World Series, not knowing what they're doing, such a young age. You just think about the optimistic viewpoint. But Almora, this is no shock at all. Some surprise it took this long. Uh, Chris Bryant, his peak was um, Rookie of the Year then, MVP. And then due to injuries, I think, some think he's just not that great. Never been the same player. And now Schwarber's gone. And you might have the DH in the National League and the Cubs are saying, Well, we don't have we don't have a use for you. We'd rather spend the money elsewhere or just not spend the money at all. And Hap at one point he had to go down to the minors. He has the biggest upside of all these players, I think. At least the Cubs feel so. Um, because they're gonna have to make see people wanted to shut that conversation down about making a choice between Bryant and Baez. I mean, once the pandemic happened, though, it was a no-doubter. They're going to have to make that choice. And hopefully they can keep one of them. I don't know if they've made the decision that Baez, at a discounted deal, they're willing to do that. Maybe they've made that decision internally. We're going to find out. And uh, we'll see if it happens this winter. Joe Osho, 670, the score. You want to check in 312-644-6767. Yeah, we might have five players left from the 2016 World Series roster In the 2021 season. And then the White Sox news today. Carlos Rodon. uh, Not a shocker. This was expected. It was only a matter of time. And he's a guy that turns 28 next week. And if we say prime around 26, 27. The Rodon story hasn't changed for years now. The last season in which he had over 20 starts. Was when the Cubs won the World Series. 97 games over six seasons. The down story always has been, when healthy, dot, dot, dot. Shoulder, back, Tommy John. It was always something. Now, when healthy, dot, 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 uh, count me among the people. When healthy, that dude's a number one. I want him in my rotation. Can you depend on him? White Sox ready to win now. They started winning this past season. In fact, I think they should have won more, but they decided not to add a starting pitcher. What did they need? A starting pitcher. They have two of them right now that you can depend on. Sure, Kopech will probably be here as well, and if he can stay healthy, you can rely on him. But they need to solidify that rotation because the season ended because they didn't have a third starter. So you can't rely on Rodon at this point. And actually, there have been rumblings for years. How long is Rodon going to be here? Scott Boris Klein, I know they squashed that by getting a deal done with Boris, but this has been hanging out there. But it, this is really about his health. And now he's turning 28, and they just couldn't depend on him. Last year, they, they went into the season with a bunch of maybes. A lot of question marks. Okay, if... Uh, one of these three works will be okay with a third or fourth starter. You can't do that anymore. You can't do that. Look at what you built. You're ready to win right now. And I think part of the reason they were—they uh, finally made the call to do the rebuild because of what they saw in their own town on the north side with the Cubs. So they do that, and well, if you look at the Cubs, yeah, they got the ring. And now it's all gone. Now we're wondering if they're going to tear it down all the way again. it be Jed Hoyer's project this time. But they're not going to walk into this season, you wouldn't expect, with two starting pitchers, with just Giolito and Keiko. And I don't think the addition of Kopech is enough. We still don't know what he is. Everything they accomplished over the shortened season, you want to give them a better shot. Those players deserve that, even though they wanted to blame everything on Ricky Renteria. Your guy Jordan Malley, your guy. Three there he goes two. right there. Look at my boy. Yeah, yeah. Still, we haven't heard from him. Still, I don't think he's ever going to talk about this.
2: He does. I think he doesn't want to answer questions for things that he doesn't need to. Right? I I feel like he might be it wasn't a little bit on hurt him. too.
3: I thought it was so easy, and it was just low-hanging fruit to just attack Rick Rent to Rhea. He didn't have the horses. I'm still waiting. For everybody that ripped him at the last game of the season, please tell me what he was supposed to do. Nobody's answered that question yet. Oh, why'd he pull this guy? Why'd he pull that guy? Well, because they weren't throwing strikes. That's why. On the walk in another run? I mean, that was the big issue there. Talk to the general manager, who did not hire the current manager. Of course not. Nothing is Rick Hahn's fault. I know he didn't in that case. But again, if you're gonna blame, Rick Renteria, at the end of the year, put as much blame on Rick Hahn, if not more. So Where was the move? Okay. Ownership then. That's always the convenient excuse. Where were the horses? Where were they? But let's use uh, the manager as a scapegoat. Okay. Let's see what they do. The Rodan decision, not a surprise. Mazzara, I mean, come on. It was a flyer. It was a one-year thing. We all knew that going in. And in 42 games, the guy had a (laughs) 589 OPS. That's not going to fly with a corner outfielder. They needed an upgrade. We all know they need an upgrade. This hour on the score is brought to you by the Exergen twice daily thermometer. Joe Ostrowski with you on Twitter at Joe0670. At Joe0670, there's some bear stuff that I want to get into. A few notes coming out of Hallis Hall involving the injury report. They've named their starter uh, for the Lions game coming up. Uh, a bit of a surprise popping up on the injury report. But also, um, my favorite. Just my favorite. Must listen every week. He's down with Mullion Hall. Michael Lombardi. And he just laid it out. People think he's a Bears hater. He just laid it out. He told you the real deal. And while many are assuming that Ryan Pace is gone, I am not convinced of that. But he put it out there for you about why you should be worried about the head coach as well. And it goes to all levels in the organization. You'll hear that next. Joe Osho, 670, the score in the radio.com app.
1: They don't want the truth at Halasol, but continue your question.
3: This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago sports station. Joe Chosky with you on 670 The Score, BetQL Score. Listener line is open 312-644-6767. Powered by BetQL, bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL dot com bill on capitol hill called that number and he joins us now on 670 the score uh, uh bill good evening my man before i forget because i always forget whenever you call in um is it a long story do i want to know what happened to your old twitter account
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's all part of the deep state conspiracy but don't worry like rudy giuliani is litigating my way to freedom um uh, okay. Like I'll, I'll be free don't worry about it like you know You liberals can't keep me down forever. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, Rudy Giuliani. I can't. Whenever I hear his name, because I
3: just watched it a few weeks ago, I can't help but think of Borat, too, now every time I see him. Yeah,
1: no, no. Like, he's like, like, I hope he lives forever, right? Because it's like, that's just like (laughs) elder excellence coming at you day and night. I mean, that guy, I mean, he's like a Muppet. You know what I mean? It's like If a Muppet could fill his own depends, like, that's it. Um, yes. well, but and by the way, let me just—if if you—you know, forgive me. I know this is a sports show, but like, I want to put in a word for your son. Like, you know, like as Mark Twain said, <laughs> "You go to heaven for the for the climate, but hell for the company." Right? So, you leave that boy alone. Oh man, um, yeah. I was like, "What is
3: he talking?" Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh dear, murder. Um,
1: yeah, well, murder. Whatever.
3: Depends um, who we're talking look, about.
1: It's it's a relative error, right? Like you know, it 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 like we we've, we've just been through a lot as a people. So like, you know, maybe the rules can be adjusted. Um, but speaking of extra ecclesian nulla salus, right? Like, what is this heresy with like Ricky Renteria that I'm hearing coming out of your sinful mouth? What is that oh. about, sir? Well, I'm just
3: saying that the White Sox wanted to say that everything that went wrong at the end of the year was about Rick Renteria. As you know, I'm not a fan of him as a manager. As bad of a call as it was to go with Larusa, I do think it was a mild upgrade, but I'm just saying the reason the season ended against Oakland was because they didn't add a third starter to the rotation.
1: I, I, okay, so what, like, well, first of all, if you're going to be reasonable about it, then I'm just going to hang up and find somebody else to talk to. But, uh, but I mean, I, I, I think, no, okay, good. I, but look, yes, I mean, of course, it would have been nice if they had found the third starter. But um, they were betrayed by Ricky Renteria from, from day one, right? Like, the, the bad fundamental ball club that they were, right? The fact that they weren't held accountable for the minor little stupid, you know, missing cutoff men. I mean, look, the, the fact is that if they, like, if they had been paying attention to fundamental things, Leori Garcia doesn't slide headfirst uh, in, the, in, in the first base and, and wreck his season, right? And, you don't have, and we're not consigned to the speaking of hell. We're not consigned to watching Nomar Mazzara
0: get up oh there and God. take
1: hacks at things, right? I mean, it was like speaking of punishment from an angry and wrathful God, right? I mean, like, that's Nomar Mazzara coming at, you know, getting plate appearances for the rest of your life. But but look, I mean, the 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 truth is, don't you feel um, the White Sox were playing with house money this year? Like in 2020, this was a house money year, right? Anything you got out of them was gravy. Um, And like, yeah, they like they could have beaten Oakland. I mean, like, and they matched up well against other. But like, I don't see them getting past the Rays in any case, and I certainly don't see them getting past the Dodgers, um, no matter who you had as your third starter. No way. Um,
3: yeah, of course.
1: Right. So it's like, um, you know, like I'm perfect, like I'm perfectly okay with sort of tamping the ground down on, on the corpse of Ricky Renteria. Um, but I, I agree. Like, as you say, it's, you know, adding, it's adding injury to insult to then put the drunken racist buffoon in there. <laughs> here we um, go. Yes. Well, no, but it's just, like uh, here, I mean, here's the problem. I mean, like, like th- this team may well win a lot of games next year. They may even win a World Series, I mean, assuming there's a season. Um, and given, look, I mean, I get the impression, um, you know, for what I, don't don't tell anybody else, but I, like I'm working on, I'm doing a project right now about cash flow in Major League Baseball, and it doesn't look good, right? So, like, weirdly enough, the White Sox are probably one of the few teams, from what I can tell, that are um, that have a pretty good cash flow, right? Like. And you know, if they want to, they can why, make why a serious do you, run at this. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but why why do you no, say that?
3: Yeah, why do you say that? Because um, we we obviously have the networks and the TV deal, and they don't have the greatest TV deal. So why do you so why do you um, where do you come away with that?
1: So it's it's relative to the other teams, right? So it's not it's not like oh they're doing like first of all everybody in Major League Baseball is doing really good, right? Like uh-huh. uh, overall, but like the the covid nightmare has hit teams disproportionately so like you look at what's happening on the north side um that's a team that's heavily in debt right the and the, and the rickets are morons right like they're weapons grade stupid um and you know like because they have and they need people business, in wrigleyville yeah that's right right well no and and more than that like like look it's bad luck with covid but like there's three big, big revenue streams for any major league baseball team, right? The merchandise, the gate and the TV deals. And marquee means that the Cubs don't have a TV deal. Um, right. Cause they're actually sure. spending the money instead of the money coming in the other way. So then they've got gate and merchandise. Right. And everything is the, you know, the phrase they use in, in the halls of the, of our social betters is leverage, right. You know, it's debt for you and I um, it's leverage for everybody else, but like it's, like you look at the Cardinals, you look at the, you look at the uh, Cubs, you look at basically every other team except the Yankees and the Dodgers um, because they're all run by guys, you know, some of the greatest business minds of 1986. Um, and, I, like, it's almost like the Seinfeld principle, like in the same way that, like, sauce is only popular because people like saying it. Like, I suspect that, like, debt financing is only pop, you know, popular because all these Ayn Rand jags like saying leverage, right? <laughs> but like so you've got but you've got the white sox right like they've already like their whole business their whole forecasting models had evolved away from attendance anyway because you know well we know why yes correct and they've got and they've already and they've got a sweetheart stadium deal um mm-hmm. you know there, there may or may not be you know there, there may or may not be r- rumors of you know a line of credit being opened for the first time by the white sox um but like you know, relative to like, I, I'm I, I'm gonna bet like just you know right now that the the Schwarber thing is the least of it right now, I and mean, then we know. may see we may see the the Cubs go back to studs on this right that That's, like yeah well no and it's like and it's not that they don't have money it's I mean the Ricketts are swimming in it but like they just don't have cash right now right because their their liquidity is leveraged as they might say right. <laughs> uh, Thank you for tolerating me. i love to you, boy, and tell tell him I'll see him in hell. (laughs) Thank you, Phil. I don't think
3: that's a crazy thought. I alluded to it earlier this hour just about the Cubs just tearing this thing down because where are they? They may have fooled us for a little bit during the pandemic season for playing some good baseball for a month, but I think all of us knew exactly what they were, and they couldn't make any moves. Well, first off, nobody's taking on any money right now. And it's funny, I keep hearing people say, well, Schwarber, why not keep him? It's only $8 million. He's such a bargain. Is he? Is he a bargain? Do we know how much money is going to be spent this offseason? I think that's going to be redefined over the next few months. Fascinating to watch. But tear it down? Now it's the Jed Hoyer show? I could see that. That would make a lot of sense. We'll get to Michael Lombardi. And uh, you know what was interesting, Mitchell Trubisky, there are a few points that he made today that oh, were actually fascinating. He doesn't interest me a whole lot when he's at the podium or doing some of these Zoom calls with the media, but what he said about his relationship with Matt Nagy and how different it is to have Bill Lazor be the play caller versus Matt Nagy, These few things. It brought us a little bit behind the curtain about what's different and how stubborn Matt Nagy is. We'll get to that coming up. Joe Ostrowski with you. You've got 670 The Score on the Radio.com app.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too.